Bush and Richie here with your Daily Takeaway podcast. Uh, this this first bit of uh, of the podcast is is a good kind of uh, forum for airing grievances before we get to the kind of the fun knockabout uh, jolliness yeah, of, yeah. of the actual show you're about to a hear. A grievance, though. Wow, this is serious. Well, I've got an ongoing situation at the moment. We've bought one of those um, uh, pop-up tents. Mm-hmm. You know, little pop-up tents for the kids, for the back garden. So you, you've seen them on adverts and stuff because you obviously don't want them sat in the back garden. It's been really hot recently. So little, simple pop-up tent. Bang, like that. It comes in like a circular thing covered mm-hmm. in canvas. Mm-hmm. And then you see the advert. You just sh- shake your hands with it. The tent pops up. Kids see it. Absolutely brilliant. It's a clever idea. C- clever little idea. So the kids have been sat in it for the past couple of days. Uh, I've been instructed to put it down, take it down, and I can't fold the damn thing up. <laughs> And, and I've spent two nights now with me backside stuck out the end of this tent trying to... Because the, 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 the instructions on the inside, just the, the, the guy just kneels and then folds each arm under each one like, and this thing kind of closes up like a butterfly. But that ain't how it's happening with me. And I hate it. I remember uh, we got a, a pop-up tent to the Isle of Wight Festival many, 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 many years ago uh-huh. uh, when, when Natalie and I first met. And I remember having an almighty row uh, at the end of the festival as I, as I was trying to fold this tent up. Because my natural reaction is just to... I, let's just put it in the bin. Can I cut it up with pliers <laughs> and put it in the bin? You know you want to hurt an, an inanimate object because it's ruining your life? Yes. That's why I want to get rid of it. Katie's like, well, no, we spent... I think we only spent like 15 quid on it, but she's not letting me get rid of it. Here's the halfway house. I like to think I'm a conciliatory man. Just leave it up. Kofi Firth. Kofi Firth, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. Leave it up. Why just, does it need to come down? That's a good point. It's it the whole just, point of a tent. It could stay for the whole season. Yeah, just move around the garden so you don't ruin the lawn. Just leave the tent up. Can you imagine how much fox poo is going to be in, <laughs> in there at the end of October? This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. I took the kids to see a burned-out car last week. And sure, they absolutely loved it. So let me explain. Uh, not a lot happens in where I'm from in Essex, Leon Sea. It's very kind of quiet, kind of seaside village town type thing. Uh, but the other week, and I don't know, I don't know the story behind it, but uh, on the road around the corner from us, like a sports car had just kind of exploded. I think they had like a faulty radiator or something Ouch. overheated, uh, and it had properly like blown up. It, it blew up the car in front of it as well. Oh, no. So I like, took the front off the car in front. So lights someone out the 18, melted the floor, and charred the window of a Sioux Rider. Uh, and I know it's not it's not a good thing, and I feel bad for everyone involved and everything like that, but y- you have to admit, as a kid, you know, that kind of thing is box office. So uh, Thea, our four-year-old, we, she walked past on the way back from school and was begging me, could we go back down there and have an, a little look? So I took her and her little sister around there, and it was the cheapest bit of kid entertainment ever. They absolutely loved it. Uh, and I just wanted to put it out there as a thing, because A, it's, it's cheap, and kids like weird stuff. Uh, and I don't know whether your parents... Have uh, t- took you to like an unusual place or places when you were a kid, or maybe as an adult and as a parent or an uncle, an auntie or whatever. Now, you take your kids to somewhere unusual just because it's a cheap thing to do. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? I mean, we used to always have to walk around the Tithe Barn in Bradford on Avon when I was a kid, just because Robin Hood was filmed there. Do you remember the old uh, the TV series of uh, Robin Hood with Sean Connery's yeah, son in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his Merry Men or whatever that was filmed in the Tithe Barn. So we used to have to go there every flipping Sunday. Uh, I used to take Rocco to. Uh, the, the perimeter fence of Stansted Airport to, Lovely. Uh, to, to watch watch planes. <laughs> this was this was after he only just learnt to walk. Didn't have any speech going there and then, so he hadn't said I like planes. I don't think he even does now. You made but, that decision for him. <laughs> I was like, he's, he's he's two. He'll love this. Let's go and watch planes. Something to do for the morning, isn't it? Look at a few undercarriages, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, Lawrence says uh, he's taken. A, he sent a photo of like an old like wrecked ship called the Athena B in 1980 on Brighton Beach. 
Beach. He was taken there when he was a kid at 10. And then his grandparents took him because they were from Brighton. Consequently, they also took him to see the Grand Hotel in 84 where the IRA tried to blow up the government. Yeah, I remember that. So slightly macabre, oh. but, you know, you, sometimes kids get taken to weird places. Uh, Joe says, as a Catholic in Ireland, stroke Northern Ireland, if a holy statue so much as wobbled in the wind, the car was loaded up and you're on your way. Uh, dragged through the south of Ireland one summer as a kid to view them all. Irish summer and it rained a lot. Get this. A dead whale washed up on Aberthaw Beach in the 80s. So we had a Sunday day trip out in my dad's Vauxhall Viva to go see it. Do you remember, was it down in Devon there was like a, a big tanker um, ran aground and loads of like, loads of stuff like toys were, were washed up on the beach and loads of people went down there yeah. picking up like, I don't know, crocs and dinosaurs and plastic things and stuff like that as well. Again, another cheap day out. I do remember my dad when I was little taking us to uh, go and see a tea room down at the uh, the seafront that uh, had uh, had some kind of... Caught fire. Fire. <laughs> It's a, a parental thing. It's box office, man, when you're a kid. Uh, Liz says, house round the corner from my parents got hit by lightning a few weeks back. Ooh. My youngest begged me to take him to see it, was decidedly underwhelmed with the amount of damage. Yet again, kids these days. No pleasing them. We've got Lisa on the line. Lisa, what weird place were you taken to as a kid? I got taken as a kid to go and watch the Humber Bridge being built. <laughs> well, again, cheap. Who was, who was taking you? Your parents? Yeah, it was my dad. And what, um, what would you do? Was... Go and sit on, like, a hill by it, or what? Yeah, I mean, the, the Humber is really flat. Everything around Hull is flat. So you'd basically be sat in a car park, muddy river, looking at two concrete towers, <laughs> because it took them about five years to spin the cables. Wow. So there was nothing happening for five years, and about every Sunday, my dad would just go, let's go and look at the Humber Bridge. Do you know what, Brilliant. though, with, with, with respect to your dad, because he's identified something that's going to... He's in there for the long run. He's, it's going to take a long, a long while Definitely. to build. So that's a lot of cheap trips out. He got a lot of mileage out of that with, yeah, just two kids sat staring at a muddy river and concrete. Do you know what, it, it, it makes me kind of nostalgic for the old days, though, because kids nowadays... Right, imagine saying to my 13-year-old, we're going to go and watch the Humber Bridge being made. <laughs> she wouldn't even oh. get out of her bedroom. You, kids, it wouldn't work with kids nowadays, would it? No, my two would literally be like, are you kidding? And just go on their Xbox. But Lisa, be honest, how many times have you told your two as you go over the Humber Bridge, do you know what, I used to watch this being built? Every single time. <laughs> good on you. Every single time. Take the <laughs> high moral ground. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> uh, someone here, they haven't left their name, but they say, this is amazing. Uh, when I was three and my brother was seven, my dad took us to Sir Paul McCartney's house in Kintyre in 1977. Uh, we didn't know Paul, we were not related, so we gave him a big surprise when we showed up at the door. But Sir Paul invited us in and we spent the afternoon there, one of my earliest childhood memories. Wow. Imagine going around Sir Paul McCartney's house and being invited in for tea. It's <laughs> amazing. Di says, hi guys, this is quite grim. Hi guys, we used to have a butcher's that cut up the carcasses of cows and pigs at oh. the end of our street. As kids in the summer, when all the doors were open, we used to say that we were going to the cinema, but actually go and walk down to the butchers and watch oh. them at work. Oh, that is grim. It's like Angela's ashes, that, isn't it? Uh, I'm imagining that Steve in Essex is a happy hammer. He says, I took my three sons to the London Cemetery to see Bobby Moore's grave when they were 13, 9 and 8. Cheap day out. <laughs> I'd say. A uh, bit of a pilgrimage there. Uh, we've got David on the phone with an example of taking kids to unusual locations. Is that right, David? Um, so we were looking after our nieces for a few days while their mum and dad were on holiday and we went <laughs> we went to the local Aldi and bought like dirt cheap dog food and we went to the forest behind the house and laid it out for the foxes 
and wow. our nieces could not have been happier about this experience and that was like in 2012 or something like that and like say they're like 15, 16 now and they still talk about it. Well, cause <laughs> on, on a surface level it sounds quite bleak, something like, for like Cormac McCarthy's the, the Road or something like that, you know, like spreading out chum at the back of a housing estate to feed foxes but it, it's a cheap bit of entertainment I guess. Definitely, John. I could tune into the program just as you said. I took my kids to see a burnt out car. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's a comeback at you, that is. People in glass houses. <laughs> Have we got Rich on the line right now? Who's done some cheap parenting? Tell us about it, Rich. So last week there was way with um, quite a few couples that have got young children, mm-hmm. and we decided to take them to a park just around the corner that was um, obviously a free park for a start. So that was a win. But on the way to the park, we had to cross over the M4 over a bridge. So we all decided to stand on the bridge and uh, do the honking sign at passing lorries. And uh, probably the adults were the happiest that we were getting um, honks and waves from passers-by. Wow. (laughs) But the kids must have been elated to get a honk off a lorry that's going past them on the M4. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, the kids were just absolutely going crazy at it, as were the parents, I'm afraid. If you were to speculate, if you were to speculate, what percentage of lorries going underneath would honk? The honk factor. Uh, It's quite high, actually. There was a few mad wavers in cars, but I'd say probably about 50-60% of the lorries were honking and twining and waving at at us lunatics on the uh, the bridge. Do you know what's amazing about that as well is that uh, we've lost a little bit of uh, a delight in life, which was sitting in the boot and looking out the back window when you were in a car (laughs) and pulling faces at people. You, You don't do that anymore now, so the best you can get is a motorway overbridge, isn't it, really? Absolutely, yeah. Absolute great fun, though. Everybody was just made up, and it made my heart warm inside, to be honest, as a, a 47-year-old man. It was quite good. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. My oldest son is off on his first holiday without any of his parents today. It's done the sign of the cross. Oh, it's just... <laughs> uh, he's, he's flying to Mallorca as we uh, speak with his girlfriend, and I just stood here just feeling old. But I don't know whether it is jealousy as well, because it's a rite of passage, isn't it? That first holiday without a parent. And when I think back to mine, my, mine was a week on the Isle of Wight in a, uh, a caravan park <laughs> in Sandown in a Volkswagen Golf. Wow. Uh, there, there he is flying off to Mallorca. <laughs> and that's where the jealousy comes in. But... Precious times, aren't they? Going abroad without your parents for the first time. The freedom, the, the, the way it makes you feel is unbelievable. So yeah. when you were in the Isle of Wight, were you like with a group of friends? Were you like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was four of us. Uh, two guys, two girls. Uh, caravan Don't need to go into details. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but some of the highlights, like visiting the Needles, uh, going to like a karaoke night and being told I was the greatest singer there because I did a Barry Manilow cover. Well, oh, I look wow. back on it, it's, it's tragic. What, what number, what Barry tragic. number did you do? That Can't be... smile without you. That would, I bet that would have been haunting. I'm well enough even thinking about they it. They said I was, my name was Ricky from Sussex and I was going to be a star in the future. I feel sad when you're sad. Everyone in tears. <laughs> I love it. No, but I remember for me, first ever holiday without parents. We all went on a. a what looking back on it, it was probably an awful lads holiday to Nurja in Spain, and the rest of the block hated us so much that they took our fuse out of our power. <laughs> so we had no power because we used to put like you know that that indie band Gene on and sing along with the songs all, and and we had no power for the last three days. <laughs> Were we that bad? That is amazing. Terrible. Uh, memories, please, of and the and the locations you went to for your first holiday without your parents. I think we're going to get a very, very different sort of uh, 
set of destinations to, to what the kids are doing these days. <laughs> Nick has, has messaged, this is incredible, first holiday without parents, Maldives for his 18th birthday. Downhill from there then. Last minute booking via Teletext Holidays, oh. a week all inclusive for £500. He used to love Teletext Holidays. <laughs> Isn't it mad that you would use Teletext, which yeah. previously you'd only played the bamboozle on it, right? <laughs> and you would trust your holiday. And, and I don't even know if this is still a thing now, but like allocation on arrival. Yes. Praying to Jesus Christ <laughs> that you don't end up at that hotel and hoping it's the couple in front. Uh, there's a text here that says, my first holiday without my parents was in a tent with a mate in Barmouth for August bank holiday. It was cheap and it was amazing. First holiday without my family, it was to America with a man that I'd been dating for two months. <sighs> my mum said I'd either come back hating him or tell her that I was in love with him. Turned out it was the latter. Been together for 21 years. It's a lovely positive story. We was kind of hoping for a bit of hatred to never see each other again. So <laughs> Simon from Devon says, Dear Bush and Richie, my first holiday was a group of friends staying at Sunnyside Campsite in Newquay. All went well apart from a friend being nearly thrown out uh, of the bar by the bouncers at the park over an argument over a dustpan. <laughs> Lots to unpack there. <laughs> so that's the clubs for you. Uh, right, Dave, first holiday without your parents, where was it? Well, it was Magalot. Right. There was, there, was, there was 34 of us. 34 of you? 34 of us, it was a lad's holiday, 34 of us. We all went down to Wembley to watch uh, Wigan Rugby right. in the Challenge Cup final. Yeah. So we set off about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, all up beer. <laughs> Got down to Wembley, carried on on the beer. Then all the way back up to Manchester Airport, we were all there about 12 o'clock midnight, just stretched out all over the floor in Manchester Airport, waiting for the flight. Got on the flight. It muggled up, and there was thirty-four of us. We all we all broke up into our own little groups, but we all met up at nights, and it was absolutely fantastic. And wow. about two years later, we went down again to the Challenge Cup final where Wigan were playing, and there was forty-two of us. D Dave, the question that comes straight to mind for me is: if you're going to the Challenge Cup final before then going straight on to Magaluf, where's your luggage? What are you travelling with? Well, we were on a coach. Ah. Oh, well, they sound like they haven't thought this through, but there's actually a plan. I'm just impressed. I mean, I haven't. I've never. I think I've ever known 34 people closely in my life. You've got 34 <laughs> mates, and then the next year, 42. It just keeps getting bigger. And the worst thing about it was when we were going back up to Manchester Airport, there was two of them on the coach that weren't actually flying out. Well, they weren't actually coming on holiday with us. They just went down to Wembley, so they got off. <laughs> <laughs> He's a character. He's a character. <laughs> uh, Steph in Tunbridge Wells went on a European tour in 1990 with my two mates when I was 18. Wow. First stop, Amsterdam. Pitched the tent, went into town. At around about 10 o'clock, we realised no one knew where the campsite was. It took us two days to find it. Oh, my words. <laughs> it's not the kind of stuff you want to read as a dad. Do you know what? I, I never forget uh, being out with friends and deciding I'd walk back. We were in Seville. on like We went on like a bit of a lad's holiday again in Seville. And I was quite, quite um, like a bit sunburnt, mm -hmm. confused and quite drunk. And I got lost for ages in Seville. Don't want to hear that tale either. Terrifying. Right? There's a phoner down the line about getting lost. Uh, Maria, where was it that you went? It was the Sahara Desert, believe it or not. Check you out. Was it like a, like a, a group of you going over to the Sahara yeah. for a knees up? <laughs> well, not exactly a knees up, but uh, there was about 20 odd of us. I was 16 at the time. I'd just finished my O-levels. Um, we went away for two months and we travelled in the back of two ex-army trucks um, all the way through Europe, down into North Africa and then down into the desert. 
Wow. Sounds like you joined a paramilitary organisation rather than some kind of holiday. <laughs> Felt like that sometimes because it was off unload. You were sleeping under the stars, checking your boots for scorpions and stuff like that. It was great. It was great fun. Makes my sand down holiday park <laughs> look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Any other business? Do you remember yesterday on the show we were Any talking about business? things that you still do only because it's Any what your parents business? did and you've just kept things going? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff uh, has picked up uh, somebody yesterday who was in touch with the... New, do you remember the New Year's Eve tradition of opening the back door and the front door and the... That lady, yeah. yeah. He says, she got it wrong. You open the back door to let the old year out and then you open the front door to let the new one in. I do it every year as well. But yesterday's caller, they were opening the wrong door for the wrong year. So it's like they'd let in the new year then because they haven't let the, the old year out the back door, the two of them are running around like a pair of dogs. All sorts of years still in the house. You might end up letting the new one straight through. Johnny, <laughs> miss it. And you're still stuck with the previous year. <laughs> the mind boggles. And then go back to a subject we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier on about taking uh, your kids to unusual locations uh, in terms of parenting. Uh, Kim has got in touch saying, we took our daughter out of school for a year, travelled all over Europe and one of the best places we went to with our daughter was a secret Soviet bunker in Latvia. Uh, apparently they led into a stairwell, taking down three flights of stairs to this airtight sealed door where we entered the bunker and told the floor area was 2,000 metres square. It was set up to house 250 Soviet government officials for three months. Everything needed to be self-sufficient was in there, including oxygen, power, food, as well as equipment for communications. Wow. I tell you what, if Everton have another bad season, I might book it. <laughs> if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Home time with Bush and Richie on a Wednesday night. It's time once again to play Radio Rally, the UK's newest tennis-based quiz, uh, celebrating the fact that uh, Wimbledon is on right now. There's no Brits left in it, so we may as well do something ourselves. Uh, basically, what will happen is a home time listener will go head-to-head with one of us tonight. It is, of course, myself. Uh, in a game of radio tennis uh, and with a chance to win an amazing prize uh, a home time tea towel and as well a pack of Fisherman's Friends that yeah. I've thrown in to the mix uh, tonight's contestants Johnny's on the line how are you doing John? yeah not so bad thank you the, the Fisherman Friends have definitely tempted me for this call this is what's <laughs> lured him in is a pack of Fisherman's Friends that's, that's interesting to note uh, John Fine. any good at real Fine. tennis are you any good at it? me? Um, I've tried. I've, I've tried to think I was good at it. When I've put me put myself up against the older generation who are the experts at it, I can't play tennis. It's, it's quite a leveller, isn't it? I don't think anyone's tried to play tennis mm. recently. You think, oh, it can't be that difficult. It's you know embarrassing. What? I, was I was in Turkey and there was a tournament in the complex I was at, and I was 25 years old at the time. And I thought I'll enter this because I went down and seen all these 40s, 50 year olds down there. I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. I went down there. And the first game I was against a 50-year-old guy, fairly man of 25, and he beat me two two games to love, and I didn't even get a single point. <laughs> well, John, let's see if you can go better tonight on Radio Rally. You're going to get uh, served up three serves, which are basically topics. You will go head-to-head with Bush as you uh, try and rally through uh, categories in those topics. Uh, the first person to uh, dry up or indeed uh, take too long will be called out and the point goes to the opposition. You you know how it works, all right? We'll give it a go, yeah. We'll all right, well, you will be serving. Bush, you ready? I'm ready to go. A little shake of the hands at the net. He's got to win the uh, Fisherman's Friends and indeed the tea towel off you. Let's play Radio Rally. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Here's your first serve then, John. Types of ice lolly. Rocket. Funny feet. 
Um, milk. Oh! Ouch! Oh, so close. Hit the net. So oh. sorry there, John. I, I can see what you're trying to do. The mini milks he was going for. Mini milk. I was going to go cider barrel after that to follow up with a forehand, but uh, I got the points anyway. So unlucky there. That's the first one to me. Uh, second serve, John. Uh, let's see how you are with your movies. Tom Cruise movies. Mission Impossible. Oh my. Oh, oh my lord. <laughs> That's one of the most. Outrageous and embarrassing moments in the history of this show. Worst thing is, I still can't think of one. Our oh, Top Gun. Anyway, I can't. I've already lost the point. <laughs> oh, yeah, our producer said I could have just named different Mission Impossible numbers. John, I think <laughs> it's fair to say you're in, your, you're in his head. He'll be doubting himself right now. I can't believe that. Third serve, planets. Mercury. Uranus. Earth. Well, what did he say? He oh! said Earth out! Oh, you're laughing, on. you're laughing too much at Uranus. <laughs> he's, he's started so well, but he's tanked it. Lost it in the name of comedy. John, you've oh, <laughs> that's what you call it. Uh, you've won Radio Rally. Congratulations, John. Oh, please, and it's the fisherman friends, please sign. There you go. What, what's not to love? And I feel like it, we some way have corrected that tennis tournament you lost back in the day when you were 25. <laughs> Thank you. It, I feel so much more better now. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. I was just thinking back to the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about the problem with your uh, your pop-up tent and you can't get it down. Just and... to clarify, it's a garden issue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were we were musing about keeping it up and you were you're saying, could be a problem, or the fox poo in the end of it, at the end of uh, the summer season. I'm just inundated with foxes in our neighbourhoods. If you've got a fox poo-riddled tent... It's going to have to be chucked, and then you will get your wish. Oh, so, like, lure them in, yeah? Lure a fox in. Yeah. What can we? What can I lure a fox into a tent with? That sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean, though? Well, according to the uh, show today, um, cheap food, cheap dog food from Aldi. Oh, yeah, I'll get myself down to Aldi, stick some chum in there. <laughs>